Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought. From Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. So far in 2015, more than 750,000 migrants and refugees have entered into the European Union. Many of these asylum seekers are fleeing violence and instability in places like Syria and Afghanistan. Many of them are Muslim. And in some parts of the EU, leaders have been less than welcoming. In an extreme example, Slovakia has declared that it would only accept Christian migrants. To help provide some context, our guest for this week's podcast is anthropologist John Bowen. Dr. Bowen studies Islam around the world, and he's written about the experiences of Muslim immigrants in Europe, especially in France. According to Bowen, in France, the current crisis is in some ways a continuation of an old story. He joined Hold That Thought to share some of this history, and also his thoughts about how Europe, and France in particular, can best move forward. Europe is a continent of immigration. It always has been, like the U.S. And France is the country in Europe that's most constituted itself around immigrants. Throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, many immigrants to France came from within Europe, places like southern Belgium, Italy, Spain, and Portugal. But in the 1940s, especially following World War II, this trend began to change. There was a need for new labor to build up France uh, after the devastation of the war. So they sent out to their colonies, especially North Africa. Uh, this was largely a group of Muslims. There were later Muslims from West Africa to come and work. Many of these workers lived in the outskirts of French cities, where factories were concentrated. This went on for decades. But then, in the 1970s, an economic crisis hit. Jobs dried up, leaving the newcomers in a difficult position. People happened to be Muslims, but they were brought in as workers, who all of a sudden had no jobs. They were excluded on the fringes of the major cities. They didn't feel like they were really being accepted into France. That was a story that was very different from the previous successful story of the integration of immigrants into France throughout the 19th and 20th centuries. The experience of economic hardship wasn't the only difference between this wave of new workers and earlier stories about immigration. Over time, people in France began to pay more and more attention to the faith of these immigrants. And often, the attention was not positive. After uh, 1989, uh, the beginning of concern about Islamic politics throughout the world, in Afghanistan and other places, and then eventually the story we all know, unfortunately, uh, today in the Middle East, uh, Islam has, has increasingly been seen as fundamentally different from Europe. Then and now, some people question whether or not it's possible to be both French and Muslim, while others firmly believe that a person of any religion or background can be fully French. This tension has played out in government policies. There's two sides to what, the way France has dealt with Muslims and Islam. One side is the fact that there are these a growing number, quite large fraction, that don't think Islam is compatible with France and just don't accept the willingness of, of the French uh, Muslims to become full French citizens. But the other part is that the French state actually has done a lot to try to provide resources for Muslims, uh, whether it be uh, helping them put together mosques, giving some support to Islamic schools, 
uh, working out ways for, for Muslims to have access to uh, halal food, which they need, the way they did with uh, Jews before. So the, the state does try to integrate on, 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 on the one hand. On the other hand, however, some in the state, but also in French society, just don't accept that these people can have their own way of life and still be French citizens. Part of this way of life has been the wearing of headscarves, for example. More than 10 years ago now, France passed a law banning religious symbols, including Islamic headscarves, from schools. The headscarf is an example of a kind of a misplaced effort to force French values on people, and it has to do with the almost sacred nature of the public school in France. When a few students started showing up wearing Islamic signs, headscarves, and then potentially other things as well, the state said, well, we need to fall back and strengthen the, uh, the, the school as a place where people are not treated according to their religion or race or anything else, but treated equally. The problem is it wasn't necessary to do that. They could have just let, as other Western European countries have done, uh, Muslim girls wear headscarves and, uh, and yet teach them the values of the Republic. But so it was a kind of an overacting, kind of an overdoing it, which was uh, really against uh, French laws at the time and against French constitutional principles at the time, but nonetheless was finally upheld and continues to be the law. Not only is it still the law, but over time, such restrictions have actually been expanded. There was a law against wearing uh, Islamic scarves in schools, and then there were measures taken to prevent mothers wearing Islamic scarves from accompanying school trips on, on outings. Uh, and there were some mayors who were refusing to let women into City Hall as, for example, witnesses to weddings if they had headscarves on. Uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, the former president who'd like to come back and be president again, said that we ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to stop allowing a substitute for pork in school canteens, which seems ridiculous. You know, we think about freedom of choice, but it, in France, the emphasis is a little bit different. There's much more of a heavy-handed emphasis on imposing our values. And so for Sarkozy, allowing students to opt out of pork this could be uh, Jewish students as well as Muslim students, was somehow going against the universal values of the republic. It's not very logical, but it pays politically for uh, the French politicians who are trying to attract votes from the far right. Bowen sees these types of laws as symptoms of a wider belief, a belief that France and the other countries of Western Europe are Judeo-Christian by definition, that they can't possibly integrate immigrants. And as we're seeing during the current crisis, in many places, this type of belief is on the rise. This is hugely dangerous, and the important point is it runs contrary, just to talk about France, it runs contrary to France's own history, which is one of universal principles. And the basic idea is that anybody can come, learn French, work, uh, integrate into French life, and they'll be French citizens just like everybody else, no matter what their race or religion or ethnic origins. So France has really turned its back on its own heritage by now uh, saying, as a few leading French people have, that Islam doesn't really have its place in France. Though this type of exclusion doesn't align with the historical principles of France, as we've heard throughout today's podcast, current attitudes toward Muslim immigrants are also not new or shocking. There's a certain discouraging consistency to the story, both in France and elsewhere. Uh, it's discouraging to see France just continually ramp up this anti-Islamic sentiment. It's discouraging to see in other countries, uh, the Netherlands, Germany, and the countries of Eastern Europe, similar processes take place with far-right parties, uh, anti-Islamic parties, uh, getting more and more of the, the vote and doing better in, in public opinion polls. It's uh, uh, ironic, ironic and discouraging to see countries of Eastern Europe 
who've uh, uh, joined Europe after being under the, under the Soviet control for so long, now saying, uh, we're not going to play the game of Europe, we're going to close our borders to, to non-Christian uh, refugees. So it's discouraging in many ways, but unfortunately it's not new. So where does Europe go from here? Bowen believes that, for starters, countries need to work together to deal with the practical problems at hand. The EU needs to hire a few more thousand asylum processors and make sure that refugees are receiving the services that they need at borders. As for the more complicated cultural questions? France has this universalistic political tradition. Uh, that's the idea of the republic. Anybody can be French, and they've had success over the centuries in doing that. They ought to just really take that seriously and not say that people of another religion cannot somehow become fully French. Uh, the big challenge for us is to realize that Muslims are just like every other person, uh, other citizens and other people on their way to citizenship, and not assume that there's something essential about their religion which shapes all aspects of their lives. Thank you to John Bowen for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, please visit our website, holdthatthought.wustl.edu. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter or subscribe to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, PRX, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.